Welcome back to Adding Value, the podcast, episode number 22. What do we mean by decentralization? Like the conversion from steam to electric, it's not as simple as keeping the system in place and just swapping out more climate-friendly parts. Quote, Basically, at the time of the invention of electrical power generation, factories used centralized steam power, which was transmitted through the factory by a bunch of giant machinery. Simply swapping out a big electric motor for a big steam motor got you a small boost, but not much. It generally wasn't worth the cost, so if you did this, your productivity would usually go down rather than up. It was only once factory owners started building entirely new types of factories that they were able to realize the true gains from electricity. Basically, you could put a little motor at each workstation and power it through electric transmission lines. This meant that instead of having to keep a huge machine constantly turning, you could run each little machine only when you needed to. Not only did that save a ton of energy and make factories much nicer and safer places, it allowed workers to do things when they needed to be done, instead of adjusting their workflow to the rhythm of a giant machine. That allowed all sorts of flexible production lines that you just couldn't make with steam power. And productivity followed. End quote. Noah Smith, Distributed Service Sector Productivity, March 16th, 2021. Way back in the glory days of October 2021, we, adding value, talked about how centralization in the meat industry is wreaking havoc on the climate. And the fashion industry is spinning its wheels trying to get out of the mud created by the deluge of water due to climate change. We've seen over the past few posts that we have arrived at an agricultural system that is optimized for price and profit at the expense of environment, public safety, and human rights. We even looked at one industry response to the problem, alternative meats. In the days since, meat alternatives have not taken off in the same way that, say, artificial intelligence has. This has given live agriculture some breathing space to rethink its systems. Like the conversion from steam to electric, it's not as simple as keeping the system in place and just swapping out more climate-friendly parts. That just leaves the system in place with the existing inefficiencies. Supply chain bottlenecks, public safety concerns, and workers' right abuses aren't solved simply by sourcing more live fibers instead of synthetics or grass finishing a CAFO lot. Not to mention, as the USDA points out in their 2012 study of the issue, the simple fact that even if the centralized processors adopt climate-friendly practices, quote, the largest processors don't handle livestock from smaller independent producers on a fee-for-service basis because of a mismatch of scale, business model, and services. Thus, they do not provide a fee-for-service rate to any independent producer, large or small. Large, Many larger plants who might consider working with small livestock producers won't find it financially feasible to break the carcass down further than subprimal cuts. Like the steam engine factories, it will take re-engineering the whole system to unlock the real gains. Or, as the USDA suggests, Quote, some potential strategies include the use of mobile slaughter units and the development of local and regional market aggregators. End quote. 
In other words, decentralization. Interestingly, decentralization at one point was the standard in manufacturing. Quote, business leaders dating back to at least Alfred Sloan, who laid out GM's influential philosophy of decentralization in a series of memos during the 1920s, have recognized that badly judged centralization can stifle initiative, constrain the ability to tailor products and services locally, and burden business divisions with high costs and poor service. Insufficient centralization can deny business units the economies of scale or coordinated strategies needed to win global customers or outperform rivals. End quote. Campbell, uh, Kunish, and Muller-Stewens to centralize or not centralize a McKinsey report in June 2011. The decision to, of centralization versus decentralization can be reduced to a relatively simple equation. The total cost of knowledge transfer costs and control costs. The total, no, the total cost of knowledge transfer costs plus control costs. In centralized systems, transfer costs are high, but control costs are low. In decentralized systems, it is the other way around. Knowledge transfer costs are high in centralization because the knowledge at the lower levels of the organization needs to make its way up the ladder to the decision maker at the top. Control costs are high in decentralization because if you're going to let low-level operations make decisions, there needs to be accountability with all of the potential decision makers. Thus, we see comparative advantages in each and so here I have a graph that goes through the pros and cons of centralized versus decentralized organizational models. Um, the pros of centralization include generating economies of scale, aiding in adoption of best practices, common standards and metrics, increased collaboration, easier integration. Um, some of the cons include one-size-fits-all products and services, further from the customer, slower decision-making, fewer career opportunities for employees, and reduced empowerment. On the other side, decentralization has some of the following pros, promoting experimentation and innovation, closer to the customer and more responsive, more autonomy and speeds up local decisions, greater career options, and increased empowerment. Of course, some of the cons lead to slower uh, adoption of best practices, difficulty comparing performance, uh, organizational silos, um, and harder to integrate other functions or third parties. That's just part of the graph. Uh, you can go to addingvalue.substack.com uh, and look at today's, look at this current uh, post to see the whole graph. The advantages of centralization are that it generates economies of scale, aids in adoption of best practices, allows for common standards and metrics, increases collaboration between departments, and eases integration with external stakeholders. The advantages of decentralization generally are that it promotes experimentation and innovation, is closer to the customer and more responsive, and it results in more autonomy and speeds local decisions. It is here I feel compelled to point out the difference in the nature between the advantages and disadvantages of each. The principal advantage of centralization is streamlined communication, both internally and externally. Recall our frame above. 
knowledge transfer, knowledge transfer cost plus control cost. By creating a, a single decision-making reference point, external actors know where to go to get answers, and internally, decisions are made at one point and simply followed. One department doesn't have to develop a best practice and then convince the others to follow it. The decision-maker decides and the divisions follow. The principal advantage of decentralization is that it promotes autonomy, which leads to greater experimentation and innovation by being closer to the customer and more responsive to the needs. If we were to stand back and ask which of these general purposes is more important to today's live animal agricultural system, would we want economies of scale, low prices, and a single point of control, or should the system be optimized for customer responsiveness, innovation, and autonomy? I'm going to repeat this again because this question is the central thesis of adding value in everything that we're trying to accomplish. If we were to stand back and ask which of these general purposes is more important to today's live animal agricultural systems, would we want economies of scale, low prices, and single point of control, or should the system be optimized for customer responsiveness, innovation, and autonomy? As we've shown in our prior posts, there are real disadvantages to the single point of control, not the least of which is food system security. Concentrating most of the meat that goes out for mass consumption into seven processors means that if one of the processors has a food safety problem, one-seventh of the food system is taken out. Concentrating most of the garment industry means, uh, means that when freight logistics get backed up, product gets stuck in one place. Moreover, competing on price is never the right approach. Someone will always get a lower price. In this case, while not true today, the future of mass consumption of meat or meat-like products is cell-based. There will come a time in our not-so-distant future that we cannot produce an animal cheaper than we can grow the animal's meat in a lab. The race to the bottom in the name of price reduction is a fool's errand. On the other hand, the biggest advantages of centralization are that it can make decisions better and create economies of scale. Both of these can also be overcome by technology. Today's systems of artificial intelligence, global communication, and connectedness mean that market coordination problems can be significantly aided by technology. Take, for example, a classic coordination problem in the battle between centralization and decentralization. There is a demand for the meat of 1,000 cattle. Farmer A has 300 head of cattle, farmer B has 500 head of cattle, and farmer C has 200 head of cattle. Farmer D has a thousand head of cattle. Next, assume slaughter A has capacity for 250, slaughter B has capacity for 400, and slaughter C has capacity for 350, slaughter D has capacity for 1,000. In this example, I hope by now it is clear that slaughter D will contract with farmer D to meet the full demand. Farmers A, B, and C will be left out in the cold along with slaughters A, B, and C. This is because it is easy for slaughter D to coordinate with farmer D to meet the full demand. 
A, B, and C all have to call around, coordinate their own supply, and configure that supply with the capacity at slaughters A, B, and C. But which system is more desirable? By using A, B, and C, we've distributed our livestock across multiple farms and processors instead of concentrating it in one place. This not only distributes the climate impact, but distributes the economic benefits as well, not to mention that it distributes the safety risk. Moreover, three small producers employ more people than one large producer. On the other hand, Farmer D and Slaughter D will be lower price and more consistent. Do we value price and consistency in live animal agriculture, or do we value economy, climate, and safety? That's it for today. See you next time in episode number 23.